Welcome to the Girls Leap Podcast, your resource to learn, earn, advance, and profit in your business. This podcast is for every woman entrepreneur who's aspiring to not only start a business, but grow exponentially. Subscribe now to receive amazing resources from high-performance leaders and continue listening to find out how you can get tips to take your business to the next level. Now, here's your host, Gloria Ward. Welcome to another Girls League podcast. Today we speak with Margaritha M. Chang. She is the Chief Executive Officer at Blue Ocean Global Wealth. And prior to co-founding Blue Ocean Global Wealth, she was a financial advisor at Ameriprise Financial and an analyst and editor at Toa Securities in Tokyo, Japan. Margaritha is a past spokesman for the AARP Financial Freedom Campaign and a regular columnist for Investopedia and Kiplinger. She is a CFP professional, a chartered retirement planning counselor, a retirement income certified professional, and a certified divorce financial analyst. And as a certified financial planner, board of standards ambassador, Margaritha helps educate the public, policymakers, and media about the benefits of competent ethical financial planning. She dropped some good nuggets inside of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy and wait to the end for a special gift. Well, our timing is perfect because you know what? You talk about January, that's New Year's resolutions. And February is Black History Month. Then March, we don't miss the beat. It's Women's History Month. Then April is uh, tax season and financial literacy. So we are like rolling. I'm telling you the truth. And, and, and I'm excited about it. So I'm going to just ask you the, the, the first question, just uh, being a woman of yourself, because we speak to a lot of women, you have your business, Blue Ocean Global Wealth. And I just want to know what made you take the leap to actually have your own business? What inspired you? What inspired me? So I've been a planner for 99, since 1999. And so I worked a large firm till 2013. And I want to be very clear. I got a lot of great training at the large firm. I don't want to say anything bad about large firm, but here's Mm -hmm. what is important to me. Um, I answer to my clients and my family. And I felt that sometimes the firm's agenda is not my agenda, right? It's not the client's agenda. I really... I'm very much, you have to be careful what you're going to tell me because I am very obedient. I am going to listen. And I was told that I need to, for lack of a better term, build a brand. And I started to build this brand for myself. But then I started to realize that, you know, I I wanted to do things and the things I wanted to do weren't bad, but I looked at the type of clients I was getting. It's a lot of women, a lot of uh, multicultural, um, diverse uh, clients and their needs are different. The conversation is different. Yes, many times we want the same things, but it's very important that we respect and honor their um, money experiences. Exactly, and and that's um, that's the most important thing. A lot of us shy away, especially women, when it comes to financial planning and. Uh, financial literacy, not because we want to, but we fully just don't understand it. And usually we just let our partner handle it, right? And I'll get into that a little bit uh, shortly. 
But can you just explain to our audience what exactly is a financial planner? Because we have, we throw around words like financial planner, financial advisor, financial, you know, uh, support, all these things that goes on where you are a certified financial planner. And that means what? Sure. I am a certified financial planner and you are 100% correct. There are a lot of terms and there's a lot of jargon that is used. And um, there is an, um, everyone has their own role within this um, profession. I want to be clear. I am not trying to push anybody out. But what does a financial planner do? And what is a certified financial planner? So financial planning is basically a process. It is a process of taking the time to uh, understand the client's personal situation, right? As well as their financial situation. So uh, personal meaning your values, your priorities, your family situation, right? Your goals. And then um, taking the time to analyze the quantitative or the financial information, which is your assets, your liabilities, your income, your expenses, um, and of course, insurance to protect everything. And so a financial planner um, will take into consideration the client. It is basically a collaborative process. So I'm working with the clients. It's their financial plan, right? It's their goals to help them um, maximize their potential to reach their uh, life financial goals through financial advice that integrates their unique personal circumstances with their financial situation. Absolutely. And I hope all of you ladies understood that and, and finally know what a financial planner is. Because Rita, what we what we don't talk about either is the fact that when you are doing financial planning, what you're doing is, is you're allowing someone to help you reach your goals. So when you get to a particular age, or if life happens, or if life changes for you, you can have that financial security or stability of whatever you're um, working towards to pivot, to shift, and to do those things so you're not left out there, right? And the biggest thing for us women is when divorce happens, right? I'm divorced. Um, I know most of the women um, in our in, on our platform has been through some time of uh, some point of divorce. And usually when that happens, you're starting your life over, right? Because you allowed the husband to take care of the money and all this stuff. When you're faced in a situation like that, and when women come to you that way who have been divorced or who are widowed or anything, what is the most important thing that you tell them of how they can start their uh, financial planning? Sure. Uh, so the first thing I tell people is you have to understand you cannot beat yourself up for the decisions you made in the past. You made those decisions with the information you had. And I think that is very affirming for people. You did the best you could. It is not an excuse. It is an understanding of the situation. And I tell people, you know what? It is never too late. We are here today in the present to plan for a better future tomorrow. And I will share a concrete example. So I have a client 
she was a single mom, you know, she got divorced and she was very committed to making sure all three of her children uh, had college education. Now mm-hmm. she did save for retirement, but you know, there's only so much you can do. She had every intention of working till age 70. 70 sounds old, but at that time her mom was still alive. Right. However, what happened is no, she didn't get sick. Her organization had different plans for her. So she had to retire when she was 65. And what did she do? I sat down with her. This is exactly what a good financial planner will do. I looked at what she had, you know, in terms of income and assets. And I looked at her expenses. And it was not me, Marguerite, telling her, cut this out, cut that out. I saw there was a gap right? And we identified that gap. And she's like, well, you know, I am healthy and I actually like working. I don't know that I want a bad commute and want to work five days a week, but I'm okay working part-time. Right. I sat with her and I found out what she liked to do. And I told her, I said, like, what I want you to do is focus on your strengths and I want you to focus on your skills. And I'm here to tell you that she did get a part-time job in retirement And in retirement, you know, I think in the beginning, she was feeling a little bit discouraged because that plan was not her plan. So right out of the gate, this was 2009, you know, it was a very difficult time, not so different from today. She got a part-time job earning $12 an hour. Mm. You might not think that that's a lot, but that was 25 hours a week. I can tell you, here we are, we are in 2021 and that part-time job now is paying $36 an hour. So every time... I coached her on how to approach her boss, ask for more responsibility. And like every year or so, her income went up by $6 an hour. Wow. Yeah, we need to hear this because, (laughs) you know, Rita, we need to know what what the baseline is. How do you get started? Because it's so, when you think about finance, a lot of people are so intimidated. Because you believe that you need to have money to have a financial planner. Like when you talk about assets and liabilities, all they know is, is that they're going to work every day. They're getting a, you know, they're getting a paycheck every two weeks. Uh, They're paying all their bills and what else they have left. You know, they're, they're either trying to save for a house or save for a car or anything special that they want to do. So the idea of saving for the future or uh, having investments or any of those things, they've, you know, a lot of women and a lot of us feel like, well, we don't have the money to do those things, right? And so years go by and we start to get older and we say, hey, where did all our money go? (laughs) What exactly did we do? For a, a for a woman who is let's say thirty five, who has a great job, maybe making fifty thousand dollars a year, right? What advice would you give her so that when she is in her golden years, she is able to you know retire and be comfortable? Well, the first thing I tell people to do is it's important to have like a baseline. So your baseline, you need to know these three things. Think about it when you go to your uh, doctor. No, I'm not just talking about height or weight, okay? I get it. Um, But uh, blood pressure, right? Cholesterol, sugar level. So these are your vital signs, right? 
I mean, yes, they take your weight too, but I kind of don't really want to focus on that. Um, So the same thing is true with your personal finance. For those of you out there listening, the first thing I want you to do is take a look at your assets and your liabilities. And if that's negative or not a lot, that's okay. This is a starting point. This is your baseline, right? Take everything you own minus what you owe. And if it's negative, and for some young people, I just want to say it may very well be negative. That's because you invest in education, human capital grow wealth. So the first thing you do is you take a look at your net worth. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to take a look at your it starts with the B word, budget, your cash flow. How much money do you have coming in and how much do you have going out? And this is what I tell people. Whatever is left over, that is, um, that's income. I don't like to say disposable. Income is not for disposable. Yeah, don't say that. Because they're going to come out and buy the different things. Don't say disposable. I don't say like how much disposable your income. That, that, right. That's almost insulting. Right. But, but what, after everything is said and done, um, there's some money left over, right? And I tell people, that is the fuel for your economic engine. So I don't care if it's only $50. We all got to start somewhere, right? right? So I want you to think about that number. What matters is not what the, how much the number is, but just to go through this exercise. And then the third thing you want is you want to know your credit score. This is very important, particularly if you have experienced divorce. You want to know that. You want to access your credit score. And there's three agencies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. So I'd say those three, your net worth, your cash flow, and your credit. That's your base. Remember I said that whatever money you have left over, even if it's only $50, maybe you apply that $50 towards debt reduction, or if you don't have any debt, maybe you open an online savings account and you just start an online savings account. Maybe, you know, you have to pay your car off and you have some things. You go through your budgets and you see what you have. And even if it's not a lot, what I tell people, the most important thing to do is to get into the habits of saving, no matter how, even if it's $10 every Friday, I'll tell you this works because I we are in 2021. And I am still blessed. I inherited clients in 2000. That's 21 years ago. And when I, I live in Maryland and they live in Virginia and they had a baby. I never met them before because their previous advisor quit and they drove across the river to see me. It's not that far, but you know, still it's a trek. Right. And I told them I so appreciated they drove to see me. They didn't necessarily have to drive to see me in the future if I didn't want there to be any barriers. Point is their life had changed you know, planning at that time, they did have, you know, student loans, they just had a baby, and I was helping them and watching them rebuild their future together. Fast forward, they eliminated credit card debt, student loans, and they started saving for their son's education. The son was born in 2000, the daughter was born in 2005, both children, you know, these aren't people who, um, no disrespect, they're not like in tech and have stock options, they have two nice, um, they are uh, government employees in Fairfax County. So they have nice, stable jobs. Um, but really, it was about going through this exact same exercise. And they said to me, they're like, you know, now we feel bad. We feel bad because we're in our 40s and we look at our friends and they're complaining about money. And we're not bragging, but we put things in place and we thank you, Rita, every day. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what, Rita, when you don't grow up um, learning about money and, and, and financial literacy, you believe that, you know, whatever it is that you have, you get what you want, you spend all your money. And then all of a sudden, once you get older, you're saying, you know, well, how am I going to take care of myself now? You know, the government is going to do it for me or anything like that, right? Where I read an interview, I, I saw an interview with you and you said your dad was very influential in your life. And he taught you about money when you were younger because, you know, he said, uh, I think from what I uh, was listening to, that you said that uh, your dad said, you got to know about money, right? Like that was that was your thing. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So for those of you listening, so my story is my name is Margarita Chang. My dad was born in China and came to the U.S. by way of Taiwan and Guam. Mm. My mom is American. She's Irish and Eastern European. So that makes me multicultural right. and multiracial. So when my dad uh, my dad married my mom and my dad had three girls. Now, anybody who's familiar with traditional Asian culture, um, many traditional families favor boys. Right. People said to my dad, Paul, what are you going to do? You have three girls. He's like, this is great because in Asian families, the boy pays for the wedding. He's like, but this is America. He's like, no, 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 it's Asian style. So my dad, as strict as he was, had a really wholesome sense of humor. Yeah. And he made it his mission He's like, either money's for spending, either you're going to spend it or somebody is, but whatever you do, don't spend money in the dark. Spend money in the dark when you let like have fines or tickets and you're just letting your money evaporate. Oh my goodness. He would not, he would be livid if we spent money in the dark. And those habits definitely followed me. Um, case in point, I was in DC and you know, I don't like carry cash cash. What's that? And there was a parking garage and the attendant wanted $20. I didn't have, no, not 20, actually 30. I had 20. Wow. Not enough. I know it was a lot of money. And I was <laughs> like, what am I going to do? He's like, you can use that ATM. I'm like, no, I'm not using that ATM. Do you know, I walked to CVS and I did a debit transaction and bought a pack of gum and water to get the money to pay the parking attendant. Yes, I'm like, I'm not, spending, I'm not spending 350 times two. Forget that. <laughs> that is me that is so, me but so my dad taught me that um that it was very important to learn about money because money's not for boys money's not for girls money is a tool and you need to make sure that you use it wisely right and i'll give you an example when i uh when i was recently uh divorced years ago i was everything that you were talking about. I pulled my credit report, right? Because I had to get me a place. And when I pulled my credit report, it was blank. I didn't have anything on it, right? And so I didn't even know that it was blank. So I come to uh, the apartment place and they're like, okay, well, you got to pay all this money because you don't have anything on your credit report. It was like a blank piece of paper. So I said, okay, well, how do I go ahead and get credit? <laughs> right. And it was like, oh, you have to get a credit card and all this stuff. So I went on to the um, uh, the little credit websites, Credit Karma or something like that. 
And I applied for a credit card and I got like a $200 credit card to kind of start that process. And when I did that, I had to go ahead and get a car because uh, my car got totaled from an accident that I had. And when I went to go get a car, they were saying the same thing, like, hey, you know, we pulled your credit report. You got all these inquiries on it, like, because I was applying to see who would say yes, right? You have all these inquiries on it, uh, but your credit score, I don't even know what it was at that time, like five something. So you have to pay all this stuff, right? And I was just saying to myself, Rita, I was like, well, how do I get myself together. And and one lady told me the good thing about it is, is that if your credit report is blank, you'll be able to, you know, start a streak of good habits where you can, you know, get your credit where it needs to be. And I started doing that. I was working at a place where I was making only $2,000 a month. And what I did was, is I said, well, let me try my hand at the stock market where I was like, okay, let me see if I can invest my money, right? And I promise you, I put $100 in an E-Trade account. And I started learning about, you know, like the different stocks and watching Bloomberg every day. And I started uh, doing my investments. And I was buying stocks like at $4, $8, because that's all I could afford with my $100, can I tell you, Rita, my money has doubled and tripled. And I said to myself, I said, this is how it works, right? My credit shot up because I only had that credit card and then I got another one, but I really didn't spend it, right? And so because I started to have these streaks of good habits, my credit score went up to like a 750, 750. And I was able to, you know, maintain that. I always had a business, but I was always married. So I never really paid like household things, right? And I said, wow, when you really start to rebuild your life, you really need to know what's going on with you, how you're going to build your life, what retirement looks like for you, what those goals look like for you, right? And the biggest thing is being disciplined. Can you speak about being disciplined and being patient? Because a lot of people quit, right? Sure. I think that, you know, absolutely. So we talked about the foundations, knowing your net worth, knowing your cash flow, and then your credits, right? Um, a good way to start to build wealth, you know, whether you, uh, it is if your employer offers a retirement plan. You know, some people think that they can't afford to because money is tight and very well could be the case. But what I do challenge them is, you know, see if where we can, you know, save money. Um, you know, I find that there's ways to save money. Um, you know, you can call your um, cell phone company, for example, and I got them to reduce my phone bill by $25. I didn't even have to spend that time on the phone. I was like, you know, I got a line lines here. I've been a customer for like 20 years. Like, you know, I just want to know, are there any savings? I didn't threaten or anything. You just tell them how much you love the service. Right. You know, you, you get more, uh, <laughs> right? right. And um, so, yes. Yeah, so first thing I would say is start with your retirement plan at work, because um, if sometimes if you contribute 3%, your employer may match 
of that 3%, your money is doubled right away. Um, The other thing is, as you mentioned, to be patient. You know, you had success with stocks, but if people are nervous about their stock picking abilities, you know, you can invest in a mutual fund and mutual funds, you know, you can invest like $50 a month into an IRA. Um, Even if you have a retirement plan at work, you can still have an IRA. The question is, do I have a traditional IRA or Roth IRA? It depends on your situation. And then over time, you know, what you do is you increase it, you know, as appropriate for your situation. So I just saw a client, you know, she has a six-year-old and she's like, you know, my baby is in first grade now. And, you know, I feel like I want to save more. Um, but I'm not sure. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just increase what you're saving to his 529 plan by $50, right? I know it's a difficult time, but if you feel like you can save a little bit more, let's do 50 more. She's like, you know what? I really like that. Let's do 50 more. And next year I'm going to do another 50 more. So before you know it, like she will be saving more. Um, but yeah, she went from uh, 250 to 300 a month for her uh, son's college. Wow. I, you know, I, I like your approach because you you do more educational and you explain things. And I saw your social media. You have a pretty good following, too. You know, so uh, let us know how we can follow you. And uh, if you have any events coming up, what events you have and how can we get involved with you and what you're doing? Sure. So you can follow me. Uh, well, first, I'm on LinkedIn. My name is Margarita Chang. You can just type in Margarita. I'm also on Twitter, and my handle is Blue Ocean um, GW. Not so active on Facebook because, you know, those are the two main platforms. Um, I write a lot. So if people want to get involved, they can follow me there. Um, they can also visit me at my website, blueoceanglobalwealth.com. What I do for every single person, whether they become a client or not, is I send them like a risk profile so they can be more comfortable about risk. Um, risk is everywhere. And I, I really appreciate what you said about taking the time with people. I actually will not invest any money from a client unless they do financial planning and this risk exercise, because it's that important to me that we have a strong foundation. Absolutely. And just having the education alone is the is the is the biggest thing for our platform, because we want to be able to uh, have the option for our women to start to build wealth and to think about it and to think about financial planning for their future and for their kids future, you know, and I and I'm just so happy that you were able just to give us a little bit of nuggets. And we definitely want you to come back and, and help us with something. We have to figure out uh, how we can get you back to do that, because I think this is the time we went through, I believe, in 2020, this period with the pandemic and everything. And I really think this is a reconstruction period where we have that opportunity to, to take advantage of some of these wealth building tools like what you're doing and all this financial literacy that's going on is becoming like the new trend and people want to learn you know how can they build wealth because they no longer want to settle for what they have but the education is the most important thing because bottom line is you really don't know how you know but if you have somebody who would teach you then they'll be willing to do it 
Absolutely. I mean, financial education is very important uh, because it helps people build their financial confidence. Correct. When people feel confident, they're going to take action. It's scary. And then the ultimate goal is to help people become financially resilient, right? Especially after divorce, especially uh, during the pandemic. So my goal is for uh, people to uh, feel more comfortable with the financial education they have, so they're financially confident, and then be financially resilient. Rita, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the conversation, and definitely we're going to see how uh, we can work together and what you can do for our group, okay? Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Girls Leap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website, girlsleap.com, where you can find more amazing content and tips to grow your business. If you're interested in 10xing your business, join our Girls Leap membership program to connect with our expert coaches. Until next time, thanks for listening.